Welcome to Grow and Learn. This is Zorina. Our guest today is a very accomplished lady. She speaks to entrepreneurs and helps them accomplish seven figures within a, a tremendously short period of time. She's a Princeton graduate and uh, she wrote a few best-selling books, among which Phenomenal Feminine Entrepreneurs, Business Life Universe, and How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. She was selected as Life Coach of the Year by the International Association of Top Professionals. She's in the same train as Grant Cardone, Jack Canfield, and Les Brown. So today I am welcoming with great pleasure, Rebecca Elizabeth Whitman. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, it's so great to be here, Zarina. Thanks for having me on your show. Great pleasure. <laughs> I feel honored. So Rebecca, yeah, we don't know much about you, or at least I assume so. Um, maybe my listeners do know you because, uh, because of the amazing credentials and the best-selling books that you have. But tell us a bit more about your background, how you started doing what you're doing right now. Yeah, it's funny I, that I got rated Life Coach of the Year because I moved to LA 22 years ago to pursue my dream of being an actress. And I had small parts on big shows like Friends, CSI, and 24. Cool. And wow. I fell into the kids' acting school business to pay my bills. And the kids were busy during the day with school. So I would attend lectures with great spiritual leaders like Michael Beckwith, Esther Hicks, Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer. And I started applying the law of attraction to my job at the children's acting school. And I made six figures. And the application of it to my love life was not as successful. I was in the habit of picking emotionally unavailable guys who did not treat me very well. And I married one hoping that he would change. Of course, he did not. And three years after marriage, I filed for divorce. And as my marriage was unraveling painfully, my dad was slowly dying in a nursing home. And in one of our last conversations, he said, I think you should write a book. And I had no idea what I was going to write about. A few months later, my dad had passed, my marriage was dissolved, and I was sitting in my financial planner's office and he was looking at my portfolio and he said, Rebecca, I can't believe this. You are a self-made millionaire with your real estate investments and your stock portfolio, yet I know you recently lost your marriage and you lost your father. And I think you should write a book inspiring people to be so resilient. So I wrote a book. It's called How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. And in the book, I divide life into seven key areas, which I call my seven pillars of abundance. And when you have all seven pillars of life and alignment, you can be, do, or have anything you want. So now I coach women on how to go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant and I am now happily married to my soulmate. So I also coach women on how to manifest their soulmate in midlife in seven simple steps. And that's what we're going to dive into today. Wow. Awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> First of all, what is a soulmate? I mean, I've, I've clearly a lot of people have delved into the topic of soulmates, twin flames. What is a soulmate for you? Sure. A twin flame is different than a soulmate. A twin flame is when two souls come down from heaven and they literally have the same exact personality 
and traits. And that can be very volatile because people who are too much like us, we tend to fight with them and they drive us a little crazy. So there's a lot of fighting and there's a lot of drama and a lot of karma with your twin flame. A soulmate can be anybody that you've known in a past life. So if you've ever had that feeling where you meet someone and you just like right away feel connected and very comfortable and familiar, that is a soulmate. So you could have a soulmate lover, soulmate friend, soulmate even pet. Um, So it's just someone that you feel very connected with. And there's like a past connection, like, wow, haven't I met you before? That type of thing. So I recommend that people do not try for their twin flame because it's, it's very dramatic and it could be so painful. And I teach people how to find their soulmate in seven simple steps. Mm-hmm. How to, how to choose though, for the, for the good soulmate rather than the soulmate that is just bringing past life karma. And it's just there to get us back or we are there to teach them a lesson <laughs> to close that's the chapter. A, yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, you will see in the courtship phase and the dating phase, if somebody is not kind to you and not loving, then walk away. I teach that there is no such thing as arena as neutral energy. People are either loving and lifting you up or they're draining you and bringing you down. So if you see in the dating phase that someone is not being loving and supportive, then you walk away because, you know, in midlife, we've already had a lot of heartbreak. We don't want to waste any more time on karmic and painful relationships. And I will tell you the relationship that I teach people to have is very peaceful and drama free. And for me, I'm in that type of relationship now, and it's different. I used to think that having a peaceful relationship meant it was boring, but now after having so many high drama relationships, I decided I am done with the drama. I don't care if I'm alone. I'd rather have a peaceful life and be alone than all the pain and drama that comes from relationships that are toxic. Mm-hmm. Um is that the reason why this we are titling this specifically finding your soul soulmate for um midlife women or or is there another reason is there a different aspect to finding your soulmate at this stage in life other than the realization that you want peace well i think women think it's harder. They have a limiting belief that they've aged out of the dating game, that they're somehow less desirable, less beautiful. There's less choices. So I am here to empower women and let them know that it does not have to be harder at this age. That is a limiting belief. That is society trying to keep women down and trying to give them a shelf life. Like young women are valuable because they can reproduce and older women are less valuable. And that is just simply not true. Women are valuable and people in general are valuable at every single age. And with age comes a lot of wisdom and, and a lot of beauty just from having life experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you like to share your story or maybe after the seven? I would love to share my story. So I, right after I got divorced, I went on a lot of dating sites because my ex-husband said, you're never going to meet anybody else. You know, you blew it. I'm the best one that you'll ever get. And you're going to spend the rest of your life pining for me. Right. So 
I wanted to prove them wrong. And I went on five swiping apps. I even hired a high-end matchmaker. I went on so many bad dates that I can't even tell you. And the few guys that I liked didn't like me. Uh, it just was a not successful endeavor. <laughs> so I decided I am just going to do what I call a dating detox. I am going to recalibrate, start over from a blank slate, and I'm going to take 90 days off. I'm not going to do any dating. I'm not even going to make small talk with a man for more than two minutes. And six weeks into this dating detox, I went to a party thrown by the owner of my gym. And the following week was my book launch. So I invited everyone at the gym party to my book launch. And a week later, the only person from the gym party that showed up was Ben. And he bought a book and he said, I bought the book, but instead of signing it here, I would like you to sign it on a dinner date. And I was like, oh, ah, okay. cool. <laughs> so I went on the dinner date and he said that I walked in with a chip on my shoulder, like, oh God, here we go again. And he kind of won me over and we ended up closing down that restaurant because we talked so much. And the next two dates, the same thing happened. We closed down the restaurant because we had so much to talk about. And we got married on 12-21-21 at 12-21 p.m. I really <laughs> like alignment. And we're coming up on two years of marriage and we've traveled all over. We've gone, we went to Fiji for a honeymoon. We've been to Spain, Portugal, Mexico, and we're just having so much fun. And it's, it's easy. It's a different style of relationship. So that's why I'm so passionate about teaching people that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Cause I thought I was so unlucky when it came to relationships. That's a great story, Rebecca. And it seems like the, the seven steps that you have were not exactly what you were applying in your personal case. Did you develop it afterwards? Because in your case, I, it seems like you simply released and let go and made space. Yeah, I reverse engineered it because I'm like, okay, how did this actually happen? And I reverse engineered it. And prior to meeting my husband, I had spent a lot of time and money studying with relationship coaches, taking classes and seminars. So I kind of combined what happened and my story with all the different courses and what I had studied in the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Let's dive in the seven steps. <laughs> okay. The first step is to process and release your past. And that is very important because we get into patterns. Like I was in the pattern of choosing emotionally unavailable men. And I wanted to look at that pattern. So the next time that type of person showed up, I would not go for the same man. So we look at your patterns. We see what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. And we don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again, because the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. So that is step one. Should I keep going? Yeah, yeah please. Mm -hmm. Step two is radical self-acceptance. So we all think, oh, well, I'll start dating when I lose 10 pounds, when I balance my checkbook, when I clean my house, when I get a better job, when I get a better car, and we put off our future love into the future. And radical self-acceptance says you are everything you need to be right now to attract the love of your life. You don't need to do anything else. 
And that person is going to love and accept you for exactly who you are. How do you practice that? Stop criticizing yourself. You stop beating yourself up. I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I would always look at things that were wrong with myself instead of things that were right. So I, uh, I recommend taking the words would have, could have, and should have out of your vocabulary. Cause those are words that we use to beat ourselves up and just practice affirmations, like saying the affirmation, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I am enough. I have everything I need to attract my soulmate. Radical self-acceptance is really crucial because I learned, Zarina, that because I was constantly criticizing myself and my own mind with my inner dialogue, I would attract people that were constantly criticizing me. And I realized that you attract who you are, not who you want. So when I started to talk to myself in a more loving, compassionate way, I attracted someone who spoke to me in a more loving, compassionate way. Mm -hmm. Isn't this a longish process, though? It's not like with affirmations, the results come easily. You, you, you need a period of time where you practice this. I don't think so. I think you could you can do it as a quantum leap mm -hmm. and say, I am enough. Like, I have everything I need to manifest my soulmate today. Obviously, you want to keep practicing affirmations and self-love, but you can just decide that I'm not going to beat myself up anymore. I'm done with that. I am going to start loving myself today to the best of my capacity. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Let's go to step three. <laughs> okay. Step three is uh, masculine and feminine energy. So choose your polarity. Feminine energy is more receptive, available, and respecting. Masculine energy is comp competitive, conquering, and controlling. The masculine energy does the pursuing, the asking out on dates, the planning of dates, and the feminine energy is gracious and available. So a lot of people who are feminists have a problem with this. I am a feminist. Feminism is a socioeconomic movement that means equal pay for equal work, mm -hmm. but it does not mean in relationships that there is a leader and a follower. So this works whether you're gay, straight, by gender fluid, it doesn't matter. It's like a dance. Somebody's got to be leading the dance and someone's got to be following for there to be passion and romance. If people are both leading at the same time, that's like a slam dance and that mm -hmm. is not sensual or sexy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Is there a tip of how to become more feminine? Yes, uh, you are more feminine by waiting for the person to ask you out, waiting for the person to text you, and then you you match a model what they do. So if they text you hi, you text back hi. If they text back, how was your day? You say, great, how was your day? You do not trauma bond. You do not like text 10 paragraphs when they say, how was your day? You just let them lead and you do it almost like a Simon says yeah. match and model. That would be a great tip that I could give your listeners who want to be more feminine. And if you want to be more masculine lead, like ask people out. And again, it doesn't matter what your gender is. If you want to be the leader in the relationship, ask someone out, plan the dates and don't be scared of rejection because the masculine gets rejected more. Mm-hmm. 
I see. And then there's this case because I've gotten such um, questions on on my Heal and Learn channel before. What what if the roles are reversed in a relationship? So what if the woman is more dominant naturally and wants to play the dominant role? She again leads, or then she then she should be leading. Then she can plan dates, initiate calls and texts. Yeah. She's she's in control. You know, some men in this in this day and age, they do want to be more feminine and mm -hmm. some women do want to be more masculine. And that's totally OK. I don't have any judgment. Just know the role that you're in mm -hmm. and embrace that role. Yeah. OK. All right. The next one, one mm -hmm. is uh, deciding where to fish. So I make the analogy of finding people like fishing. You got to know which pond to go into to find the fish and a pond is a location. So do you want to fish in person or do you want to fish online? If you want to fish online, I recommend using photos that are current that actually look like you do not lie about your weight, your age, your views, anything, because then when you show up on the date and you're 10 years older and 10 pounds heavier than your picture, then they feel like they're duped and any good relationship, whether business or personal is built on the foundation of trust. So make sure that the photos look like you make sure you tell the truth. And if they judge you for your age and they don't ask you out, then that's not your person anyway, because you don't want to go out with someone who judges you for your age. And then if you're meeting in person, you want to go to a local hotspot where you're actually going to see people. So I, teach you to go to like a, a fancy bar or a popular coffee shop or, you know, somewhere where you actually can sit and talk to people and socialize. And I know you're in Europe, Zarina, people actually socialize there. They do, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> in America, everybody's going so fast and they're in such a hurry when they go to their local coffee shop, they get their coffee you know, they're looking at their cell phone the whole time. They're zooming off to their next appointment or they're drinking the coffee in their car while they're on a Zoom. Like in Europe, I feel like people are slower when it comes to the cafe culture. And I teach people uh, wherever they live, go to the local coffee shop and actually talk to people, smile at everyone, not just the opposite sex, not just the person that you are attracted to, but just practice keeping your eyes open, your heart open, making eye contact, connecting, smiling, and talking. That makes you approachable when you're moving so fast that nobody can catch you. So uh, you got to slow down so people can catch you. I have a funny story about that because my mom is 80 and she comes and visits me in LA and she has a bad back. So often she has to sit down because her back is hurting and she meets guys all the time <laughs> and they're just talking to her because she's sitting there. She's not running around and she gets into conversations like all the time. So I'm, I promise you guys, if you can just stay put in one place and slow down and just keep your eyes off your phone, you are going to get into conversations and it oh. might not even be love. Like a lot of people on the show are business people. Someone might offer you your next financial opportunity or job or anything if you just and you can time block it. Like, I'm just going to do this for 30 or 45 minutes a week. It doesn't have to be like all day, every day. Time block 35 uh, minutes a week. I'm just going to sit somewhere and I'm going to, I call it, present myself to the world. Mm -hmm. 
Great advice. Well, I'm not surprised that your mother, I mean, if you're carrying her genes, I'm not surprised that she gets approached constantly. <laughs> That's very sweet. Um, okay. The next step is first date etiquette. So it's very important that if you do get a first date, that's a big deal because so many people are going back and forth on the dating apps and nobody's asking out anybody and people are scared. So if you get on a first date, that is a total and complete win. But when you're on the first date, you want to make sure that you actually get asked out on the second date. So there's a few tips that I would say. Uh, the number one tip is don't be late because that is a total disrespect of somebody's time. Uh, the other thing is do not look at your phone. I don't care if you're showing them your pet or your kid. The timing was always like this, at least for me. Right as I'm pulling out my phone to show my dog, I get a, a text from Bumble. Oh, you match someone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, talk about a buzzkill for the other person. Like yeah. they're trying to get to know you to see if you could be a romantic partner. And they're seeing that you're like matching with other people. That's that's a turnoff. So do not touch your phone. Um, another tip for the first date is meet at a public place. Do not let them pick you up and they can walk you to the, your car, but do not go to another location because you want to leave them wanting more. And if you like go on an hour coffee date and then you extend it and extend it. And before you know it, it's eight hours. They already have had like eight dates with you. There's no need to ask you out again. They know everything they need to know. So you want to keep yourself mysterious and just give, you know, a little bit of yourself. Don't overshare. If somebody asks you, well, why did you, why did you get a divorce? Um, why did your last relationship end? What kind of, you know, sex positions do you like? I mean, people ask crazy questions these days. You can just smile and say, I'd rather not say like, you do not have to answer every question. You want to be mysterious. So those are some tips for the first date. Right. And also, I think a lot of high-powered women probably love your show. Don't brag about yourself because that makes the guy feel like they can't, they're not enough. Women have a wound of I'm not good enough and men have a wound of I'm inadequate. And if you're like, yeah, I'm the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and I closed $10 million in sales last week and I'm about to speak, you know, at an international conference or it's not good for the first date because they're going to be like, wow, she's never going to like me or she's too successful for me. You want to just, you know, make it really simple. Talk about your family. Talk about your hobbies. Don't brag about yourself uh, because it's just it can be intimidating. Mm. Well, I have a few friends that that fall in the category that we're talking about, and and they've shared that they don't really want to go out there. They've they feel like they're past this stage where they're able to go to a club, let's say, and they're not enjoying this experience of of going out so much. And so they say, if it's meant to happen, it will happen. Maybe I'll go to a party. I'll get to meet somebody. Somebody will introduce me. They're hoping for these kind of instances where faith will match them up. What do you think about that? I think you have to get in harm's way. Fate is part of it. But if you're at home working on your computer all day, how are you going to meet someone? So if you are out and about and you're doing what I said, making eye contact, uh, eye contact with everybody saying hi, I don't care if you do it at the grocery store, 
the coffee shop, the gym, just start talking to people and be approachable. And I don't think fate can work if you don't leave your house, but fate can work if you are open-minded and open-hearted and talk to people and are just sending love into the world. That's what the world really needs. There's so many people that are so scared and they're not friendly and they're not approachable. If you're that person that is just loving, friendly, and approachable and talking to everyone and saying hi, wherever you go, you are going to meet someone. And it takes courage to be that way because people might think, oh, well, if I'm friendly to everyone, they're going to think I'm weird or they're going to think there's something wrong with me. But there's nothing weird with being a, a loving, kind person. That's what the world actually needs more of. So if you leave your house and that's your intention, you might not meet your soulmate that day, but you will have spread some love and light and made the world a better place. Love that. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So the next step is dating life. And I recommend that you date at least three people at the same time. So I'm not talking about being intimate with three people. I'm talking about the dating phase is just socializing, getting to know people because most women get obsessed with one person. And if they don't call and they don't text, at least for me, I would be in the worst mood. Like if I was just waiting for that one guy to call or text and he didn't, I'd be like devastated. So you want to diversify your interests. I know this is a a business podcast, so one guy's obsession, two is a love triangle. It's either or three plus is diversification. Just like you want a diversified stock portfolio, you want diversified people to socialize with. That way you get to choose the best possible fit for yourself. And you don't have to hide it. If they ask if you're dating other people, you say, absolutely, aren't you? I mean, isn't that what we're doing? We're dating people and we're getting to know them and we're trying to find who the best fit is. So I recommend dating at least three people. And for how long do you recommend this happening? And and how long should the dates be? Should they all go about one hour or longer? Um, I mean, I like the first date to be a coffee date. Then you could go to a lunch or a dinner date. But, you know, between I would say one and two and a half hours, no more than three hours. And uh, I would say anywhere from one month to three or four months before you decide, or you might not even find that person. Then you can keep, keep dating until there's someone that you decide you want to be exclusive with. What what if there's a, an, an immense um, attraction like you had with your soulmate, like you went yeah. to date immediately for a longer period of time. You closed three nights in a row. Closed the yeah. Place. You don't, you don't have to wait. I mean, if, if there's someone that you feel you're looking for the three C's chemistry, communication, and compatibility. If you feel all three things, all three C's right away, and you don't want to date anyone else and they feel it too, then you can, you can just date that person. But a lot of people don't know how they feel about someone, or maybe they want to be exclusive and they don't know the other person does. So you don't want to just be so obsessed with someone and not know how they feel about you. So that is why I recommend dating at least three people. And then if you're in the feminine energy, when the masculine says, Hey, you know, I want to be intimate. I want to take this to the next level. It's been great socializing, but let's, 
you know, let's do something else. And you can, then that's the next step. The seventh step is called closing the deal. You want to negotiate before I am intimate with you physically. I want to make sure that we're on the same page, that we are sexually and socially monogamous and that we are thinking long-term. So that is, that is the last step. So then when you negotiate sexual and social monogamy, that doesn't mean, oh, well, I'm just intimate with this one person, but I'm having coffee and I'm having DM conversations and I'm going on trips with another person. That means that you are sexually and socially monogamous with that person. And I recommend that you give it a year, you give it four seasons And then you decide after a year, if you want to be more serious, if you want to like be engaged or, you know, have a promise ring or have a wedding, you can uh, certainly move in before the end of the year, but I wouldn't make any legal decisions until you've known that person for a year. And why is, is the period of a year especially important? Because there are a lot of psychopaths that can show themselves to be a certain way. And after a year, I think you really get to know someone and they reveal themselves. Another way to really get to know someone is to travel with them. Because if you take a trip, you really see all sides of their personality come out. Some Sometimes when you're on a date, it's like a performance. Like someone can be really nice and kind and compassionate for two or three hours But usually when you travel, the luggage gets lost or the room isn't ready or, you know, something happens and you gonna you get to see how they deal with conflict and you just really get to know someone more when you take a trip with them. Mm-hmm. Understood. I, I was more thinking that a, a year would have to do something with the changing energies and that's how a person completes a cycle, like a, in the more esoterical terms, <laughs> but Yeah. Well, I mean, you see how someone goes through all four seasons of, you mm-hmm. know, of a year. Each season has its different, you know, wonder and its different, you know, tone. So that that's true as well. You get to see how they handle the holidays. And, you know, some people get really triggered, at least in America. I don't know if it's the same in uh, Europe, but people in America get really triggered around the holidays. Is it the same over there? Mm, I think it depends in which part of Europe. Europe is a very diverse place. <laughs> yeah, and where you are in Austria. Uh, I, I would say it's similar. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. people get, you know, different seasons. You know, how do they take summer? Are they able to get some more downtime and go outside more? Like, yeah, I actually think that is a great point, Zarina. You want to see how they handle all four seasons. Yeah. Very cool. So we... Uh, Based on your experience now um, helping women with this methodology, what do you find the success rate is? Do ev- does everyone find is is everyone able to at least open up for the possibility to find a partner? Well, I think what why do we want anything, Zarina? Why do we want a soulmate? Why do we want a seven-figure business? Why do we want a vacation home so we can be happy? That is why we think that if I get this, then I'll be happy. The goal is happiness. So with this teaching, whether they make 
uh, meet their soulmate in eight weeks because I actually have an eight week course coming up or eight years as long as they're happy in the journey. I think that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And that actually speeds up meeting your soulmate when you decide to have fun and be happy. And like I said about just going out there and sharing love and light and connecting and being open-minded and open-hearted, it's a way more enjoyable way to go through your day and your life than just hiding behind your cell phone or your tablet, thinking all the good ones are already taken. I'm just going to end up dying alone. You know, all those limited thoughts are just a sad, lonely way to go through life. So I will tell you that I have helped women meet their soulmate in eight weeks, right after my eight week course. Some Mm -hmm. of them, it took six months, but I will tell you that I truly believe there is a lid for every pot. And if you do these seven steps, you will eventually meet your soulmate. Awesome. Tell us a bit about the starting dates, a bit about the course. Sure. It starts October 30th. We meet every week for an hour. And each week we go through one of these steps. We do a deep dive. I give you tips, tools, and strategies. I also help you with your online dating profile, help you choose pictures, help you choose the exact words that it's going to uh, help you attract your soulmate a lot faster and really just hold your hand and take you from, oh my God, am I always going to be alone? Do soulmates even exist to having a roadmap to meeting your soulmate and knowing exactly what to do, having a plan to follow. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be eight weeks. It starts in October. The last week is right before the holidays. So my commitment and my vision is for the women who take this class to have their soulmate by the holidays. Awesome. To present them to the family. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Take them home uh, for the holidays. Exactly. Have a New Year's Eve date, you know, (laughs) so that that is my goal. So where can people register for your uh, course? Yeah, first, uh, I want to interview you to make sure you are the right fit. So I have a link tree that Zarina will be sharing in the show notes. And in the link tree, you can schedule your magnetized love call. It's a 30 minute get to know you call to see if you qualify for the course. Um, So that is how you do it. And uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Twitter, TikTok at Rebecca E. Whitman. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing the steps and for sharing your story. It was inspiring. (laughs) I hope it's inspired a lot of women as well to search for happiness. I hope it's inspired a lot of women because I know, like I said, I was a disaster when it came to love. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. You can also uh, find my podcast, Balanced, Beautiful and Abundant. And my website is Rebecca Elizabeth Whitman with a Z, but I would love to stay in touch with you and root for you on your journey to finding love because you deserve it. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. 
With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.